Why haven't the New Orleans Saints tight ends been more involved in the passing game? And when can we see that change? We got all of that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome into another live episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much to all the everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget you can subscribe and follow always for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss the latest episodes. And if you want to keep the conversation going, take part in our exclusive film studies, Q&As, early access, inside information, all that, you can become a Locked on Saints insider by heading over to joinsubtext.com slash Locked on Saints today to join a community I would love for you to be a part of. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on your favorite social media, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media. You can always find me over at Saints News Network. Uh, Tuesdays in the Locked on NFL podcast and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. On today's live episode, we're going to give you all the updates from practice today, including who was in, who was out. We're also going to be taking a look at why the New Orleans Saints have not seen a lot of success utilizing tight ends in the passing game thus far. There's a pretty good reason for it, and it really isn't anything new for the New Orleans Saints early on. We saw the New Orleans Saints have the exact same issue last year. Now let's talk about why. I appreciate everybody for being here. See y'all in the chat. Appreciate everybody for being here. Want to remind everybody too, after you're done catching this show, you go and check out Locked on Pelicans. You can find them live if you're catching the show live. If you're watching the show later, you can always find it on demand wherever you get your podcast as well. My good friend Jake Madison doing some great work right now around the Dame Lillard trade. So you want to get in on all that Locked on Pals has you covered. Just drop the link in the chat for after we're done here. All right, so why haven't the New Orleans Saints tight ends been more involved in the passing game? Let's take a look at just how involved in the passing game the New Orleans Saints have been so far, or the tight ends have been so far in the New Orleans Saints uh, passing game. So, so far we have seen uh, Juwan Johnson with 12 targets, uh, seven catches for 61 yards. Now, remember that number, 12 targets, okay? Taysom Hill, if we're including him in the tight end, conversation, which I'd like to for the sake of this conversation, because it evens up the comparison from this year in 2023 with four tight ends to last year with four tight ends in 2022. So Juwan Johnson, 12 targets. Uh, Taysom Hill and Foster Murrow each have two targets. Jimmy Graham has just one target, which was an eight-yard reception for a touchdown against the Green Bay Packers. If we take a look back at 2022, the numbers aren't strikingly different. Juwan Johnson, 13 targets after the first three games. Nick Vanette, Adam Troutman, Taysom Hill, all one target through the first three games. So what we're seeing is some targets for Juwan Johnson would certainly like to see more than just 12, right? And last year, we watched that number tick up over the course of the season. And I think we're going to see that same thing this year. So what we're seeing is A lot of targets for Juwan Johnson, not so many targets for the other tight ends. Now, we should remember that Foster Moreau did not play in the third game this this past week against the Green Bay Packers, so that could factor in as well. 
Uh, but even still, we didn't see Juwan Johnson get many targets in that game either. In fact, there was one, you know, and we saw Jimmy Graham probably could have had two or three different catches, but was only targeted once throughout the game. So why is this the case? Why are we seeing the Saints not target their tight ends as much in the passing game? Well, one of the big things that I would highlight is that, well, they're maybe being asked to sit back and block. But if we're looking at this from a comparative standpoint from this year to last year, the Saints right now with their tight ends have kept them back to block in total amongst the four tight ends over the course of the first three games, 47.8% of the time. Now, remember that number is impacted by Foster Moreau not playing in last week's game. But if we look back at 2022, 59% of the time through the first three games, they were asked to sit back and block. Now, a lot of that was because the Saints had Adam Troutman blocking for like 73.5% of his snaps, right? That it seems like they never really trusted him in the passing game as a passing target. And then eventually he kind of picked up like one or two games and then kind of fell off. But what we also saw last year with Juwan Johnson was not something similar to um, to Adam Troutman, but we did see with Juwan Johnson is that it was really later towards the season that his targets, his production, all of that stuff really started to tick up for him. Remember back in 2022, last year, he ended the season with seven touchdowns uh, on uh, 60, no, sorry, on 42 catches of 508 yards. But if we look at the game log from 2022, what we end up seeing is that those touchdowns didn't really start pouring in until week seven against Arizona. As bad as that game was for New Orleans, it was maybe the time that you see those tight ends start to kind of tick up in terms of their usage quite a bit. And remember, that was well into the Andy Dalton tenure, not so much into the Jameis Winston tenure. And so when we look at what could potentially be a change this week from Derek Carr to Jameis Winston, Jameis Winston loved targeting his tight ends in Tampa, but didn't necessarily target the tight ends very heavily through the early portions of the games last season. Now, how much of that was because of the immense talent that they expected to have at wide receiver at that time, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave. This year, you can replay that though, Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Rashid Shahid. So will the production of the wide receivers get in the way of the production of the tight ends? The fact of the matter, though, is that when you're going up against this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, you want to attack the middle of the field. And you want to make the middle of the field come down closer to the line of scrimmage. And you do that by running those underneath routes with the running backs, with the tight ends, and targeting those, completing those, moving the ball that way. So you got to be able to do that in order to open up the rest of the offense, right? So these tight ends have got to play a big role here going into the 2020 or going into week four against Tampa Buccaneers. I would think that this would be a pretty good Juwan Johnson game for you. I would think that this would be a pretty good Foster Moreau game for you to just kind of chip away. Last year against Tampa Buccaneers, we didn't see Juwan Johnson get a touchdown, but his first matchup, he was targeted seven times, caught four passes for 40 yards. That's good. That's good production from your tight end. I know he didn't get into the end zone, but you'll still take that. That's three first downs. We didn't see Juwan Johnson in that second game because he was inactive for that matchup. So now you get an opportunity to get him lined up and matched up against his Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense for sure, and hopefully be able to do that. Now, the other thing that I'll mention is that some of this is play calling. Some of this is just poor play calling. Running routes to the same area of the field, calling plays with route concepts that run players into the same area of the field, particularly over the middle. 
uh, some disjointedness in terms of spacing and things like that. That's not necessarily due to something that the receivers are doing, but that's a part of the play call. It's part of the play design. Like sometimes we just see bad play designs from this New Orleans Saints offense. So that's got to be alleviated as well. But hopefully it doesn't take until week seven to get just one of the very talented group of tight ends involved more in this passing game. That's got to be a part of the formula of success for this team so that when those wide receivers are taken away, that you have the tight ends to be able to rely on. You have the players out of the backfield to be able to rely on. We're seeing a lot of targets to wide receivers so far, which is uncharacteristic for Derek Carr. It's uncharacteristic for Jameis Winston. Does that begin to change here sooner rather than later? Hopefully faster than the New Orleans Saints found that change towards the middle of last season getting there a little bit more quickly could have a big impact on how successful this offense can become over the course of the next few games. All right, coming up next, we're going to take a look at the injury report. I'll get you updated on the players that returned as well as the players that remain out and how the New Orleans Saints can replace them if some of these players are going to be missing in action this weekend against the Bucs. Got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up our quick live episode of Locked On Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. And it's super easy to win because you're not going up against all of these like mystery lineups all over the place or anything like that. No, you're using your football knowledge up against the house. You get a projection in terms of what you think a wide receiver is going to do. Chris Olave, 70 and a half yards is his projection right now. Michael Thomas, 52 and a half. Think it's going to be more? You think it's going to be less than that against Tampa Bay Buccaneers? That's it. That's all it takes to get your entry in at Prize Picks and potentially win up to twenty-five times your initial entry. So let me help you out real quick. Head over to uh, PrizePicks.com/slash/locked-on-NFL and use the promo code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. It's the first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. PrizePicks.com/slash/locked-on-NFL. And use that promo code locked on NFL for that first deposit match as well. I'm also going to tell you about our friends over at Harry's. Today's episode brought to you by Harry's Razors and Shaving Supplies. These are my absolute favorite razors. I use them all the time, have used them for a long time, right? And I love them. Weighted handles, gripped handles, so you don't have to worry about dropping them if you're a shower shaver or even if you're shaving over the sink, get a little bit of that shaving cream on your fingers. Don't worry about it. You're not going to slip up, cut yourself or anything like that. Speaking of cutting yourself, the thing that I love about these is that they are a long lasting razor that doesn't go dull after just two or three uses, anything like that. And right now you're going to be able to get a starter set. That's usually a $13 value, which is already very affordable. But if you head over to harrys.com slash locked on NFL today, you're going to get it for just three dollars that starter set comes with a five blade razor comes with the weighted handle foaming shave gel and a travel cover as well so get the best shave of the summer with harry's razors and skincare products get a 13 dollars starter set for just three dollars at harrys.com slash lock uh, slash nfl that's harrys.com slash nfl for that three dollar starter set all right, family, wrapping up this episode, our live episode of Locked on Saints, getting you all caught up on the injury report so you know everything you need to know for this matchup on uh, as we continue to track up to leading up to this matchup uh, here this morning. Uh, Harry Waters coming in from Northern Ireland. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Harry, very much for being here. Um, all right, so let's take a look at where the Saints injuries are headed going into this game. We just kind of want to track the difference here and how things have continued to progress. So right now we see some players that are still DNP. 
um, and that haven't made it back to practice just yet. Those players include guys like Jordan Howden, the state safety, who was already coming in and sort of filling in for another player, Marcus May, who of course is out on his three-game suspension so far. We also have Paulson Adebo, who missed last week's game with a hamstring injury, popped up late on the injury report. Things did not get better for him. He still has not practiced so far, whether it be Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, Derek Carr, of course, has not practiced, has been present, but not participating, kind of doing the mental reps thing. I expect that Jameis Winston is going to be the starter this weekend, but would not be surprised if all of a sudden there's a big twist because it is the NFL. We never say never. And then Cesar Ruiz still has not returned to practice, so he's still early on in his concussion protocol. At this point, you're just kind of looking at, okay, can he progress through the concussion protocol before next week, right? Or going into next week. But two, three, three returns to practice today. Uh, we saw Ryan Ramchek and uh, Jimmy Graham both back at practice today. That's not unusual. They usually get the Wednesday rest back on Thursday. But then we also saw Foster Murrow elevated with his ankle injury from win- from uh, DMP on Wednesday to limited on Thursday. Now, still limited, okay, but still in the right direction also. We saw him end up kind of being DMP, then going up to limited, then going back down to DMP or whatever it was last week. Hopefully you don't see the same trend here because Saints would love to have him back on the field, especially in a game where you're also getting Alvin Kamara back. You want to be able to run the ball. And he was pivotal, pivotal for the New Orleans Saints and their ability to run the ball against the Carolina Panthers. He played an incredible game as a run blocker. So I think that in a game where you're looking for these all around tight ends that the Saints have, Juwan Johnson, Foster Moe, these guys that can block and that can, you know, play the game and can do all the things. These are all things that you want to see the New Orleans Saints get back to, right? So getting him involved as a pass catcher while also getting him involved to help you out in the run game, both of those things make sense against this defense. So that's a huge piece for the New Orleans Saints. So it's a it's good news to see Foster Moreau back in practice. But if the Saints are without Jordan Houghton, who played a, a fine game, like a really good game uh, in place of Marcus May last week, who steps in to play there? Who steps into play if Paulson and Debo is not opposite Marshall and Lattimore? Let's start with that one because I think that one is the more like something we can get through pretty quickly because we've seen it already. Paulson and Debo, if he's out, then I would expect in base sets, right? That's three three um, linebackers and four down linemen, only four defensive backs. Alante Taylor playing opposite Marshall and Lattimore on the outside. But when they move to their nickel sets, that means five DBs, five five cents nickel. Get it? Um, then they would move Alante Taylor inside and then play Isaac Yadam on the outside. And that worked really well for the New Orleans Saints last week. That worked really, really well against Green Bay. Now I know that there were the two pass interference penalties. There were the touchdowns late. Look, moments, right? But for the consistent basis, like Isaac Yadam forced a historic number of tight window throws for Jordan Love last week. He also had five passes defensed. And then you also had Alante Taylor with nine, oh, sorry, with four passes defense, two tackles for a loss, a sack, all these other things. He was outstanding last week. So this game going up against Tampa, I would expect the Saints to do the same thing this week that they did last week at that position or at those positions. Now, when it comes to safety, this is going to be really interesting because you're already without Marcus May. Jordan Howden stepped in that role, played well. But now he hasn't practiced for two days with a finger injury. And I've had people ask me, well, Ross, how is it that he popped up with the injury report at the end of last week, still a full participant on Friday with a finger injury, played through that, and now all of a sudden isn't participating? Well, clearly he made it, it, it over aggravated, re aggravated, whatever it is. It made the injury worse. 
And so now he hasn't practiced so far this week. So that means somebody else has to step in at safety. And while JT Gray is an option, I think it's going to be Alani Johnson Jr. And the reason why I say that is because when the Saints moved Jordan Howden into that role of safety in place of Marcus May, Jordan Howden, who is usually the dime back, the sixth defensive back that would come on on third downs and stuff like that, Lonnie Johnson Jr. played that role. So that seems to indicate that he's next in line. So Lonnie Johnson Jr., who Joe Woods said today, is built like a tight end, moves like a wide receiver, but plays safety, is the guy that I expect to step into that role next to Tyron Matthew to be a guy that can play downhill as well as cover deep. He's got a lot of versatility, a lot of experience. I can see why the New Orleans Saints would go with him. So I think that that's probably what you're going to see. Is um, Somebody said here that they'll probably tape his fingers and then just go out there and let him play in, in regards to Jordan Howden. I don't think that's the case if he doesn't practice all week. Like, that seems unlikely. Now, if he's back to limited or somehow is full on Friday's practice, then maybe we can have that conversation. But at a certain point, it doesn't become about the injury anymore. It becomes about, have you been installed into the game plan or are you ready to go out there and play? And we're not talking about a seven-year veteran here, right? We're talking about a rookie safety. So the learning curve is a little bit different, right? So you might not want to rush him back out on the field if he doesn't participate in practice all week. So I wouldn't say that just yet especially considering that he hasn't practiced yet. So we'll see what happens on Friday, but I think it's going to be Lonnie Johnson Jr. that's back there playing safety. And I think that the Saints will do fine uh, in terms of uh, of him being that guy to step into that role, more than fine. I, I think that he's talented enough to hold down that role. And one of the reasons why the Saints went out and got him this offseason and didn't bring back guys like PJ Williams, I was going to say Daniel Sorensen, but they actually just brought him back to the practice squad. So I guess there's that. All right, so coming up next, what we're going to be taking a look at. Oh yeah, and there was uh is there is there surgery involved for uh Jordan Howden as well as is 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 like a is like a running story right now too. So there's a couple of different things that we're going to be looking for and watching out for over the course of these next couple of days and we'll see exactly where things go uh where things go for him and where things go for uh the New Orleans Saints. So uh we got a couple of little things. Um the Saints worked out according to ESPN's Field Yates uh, Bobby Hart, a player that they visited with over the course of the offseason, uh, offensive tackle Cam Irving, as well as offensive tackle John LeGlue, somebody they've also had here in New Orleans before, guard Colby Gossett also. So a lot of offensive line looks for the New Orleans Saints, which is exactly what you want to see for them right now, because if they feel like they're in a situation they could potentially bring somebody in that gives them better depth, bring somebody in that could even potentially like challenge to be a starter, do whatever you got to do at this point to get that offensive line short up. And I doubt that the New Orleans Saints will upset their starting lineup, but with the injuries, with the um, concussion protocol, all that stuff, there's stuff there that makes sense in terms of getting all that looked at. All right, y'all, coming up tomorrow, it's the game plan. Appreciate all you everydayers making Lockdown Saints your first listen of the day. Coming up tomorrow morning, game plan episode will drop around 10 a.m. on, uh, well, we'll drop overnight on audio around 10 a.m. on YouTube uh, for video. That will be a big piece to, we don't know how bad the finger injury is just yet. We're just waiting to see what's going to happen with it. But uh, we'll have the game plan to get you all caught up on how the New Orleans Saints can beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as well as why Alvin Kamara's return is actually really, really important. What exactly is the effect of having Alvin Kamara on the field? Well, there's a there's a long running history of the New Orleans Saints winning games when Alvin Kamara does a certain thing. So we're going to break that down tomorrow as well. And it will be live with you again tomorrow afternoon, a little bit earlier, a little bit earlier than usual to get you ready for and all caught up on everything from the week or from the week on the injury report. So we'll be back here to discuss that some more. Appreciate everybody so much for making me part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me on the show. As always, if you see me, say hi. 
And of course, if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.